Yo, this is Rob Harvilla from 60 Saws That Explain the 90s, the world's greatest loopy and perverse and inaccurately named music nostalgia podcast. We're doing 90 songs now because there's too many songs. Pearl Jam, Jay-Z, Jewel, U2, Cher, Hootie. These are just some of the names people yell at me on the internet because we're back. More great songs, more rad special guests, more loopy perversity. Join us once more on 60 Songs That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Chair. And I'm Mike Peter. We're your Sound Only folks here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, the millennial icon. <laughs> the Little Gen Yachty. Z icon, actually, which is actually are one and the same, according to my co-host. Listen, here. I'm, I'm not saying that Yachty is a Khaled situation where he's secretly 45, but <laughs> I don't think Yachty. I think he's at least the sort of edge case, right? He, he is like, a, like all right, straddling. This, he has, he's he's an edge case, but he for if you are looking for a short way into the piece that you're writing. He's a, he's a, he's a Gen Zer. This <laughs> is like, if we are looking for the short lead, but. Well, can I say one more thing though, before we, it's just that with Lil Yachty, the thing that always tripped me up about him, and I'm going to have a very glowing take about him today, but I'll just say up front, like the thing that always fucked me up about Yachty is that he always seemed to be doing that like how do you do fellow kids routine and also yeah. he's like a, he was like when he first blew up he was he had enough body mass for you to do the thing the Khaled thing of like is he is he of legal drinking age and he's acting, <laughs> acting like he's 16 you know what I mean um yeah we will we will get into uh you know Yachty's tail of the tape later on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. But uh yeah, I, I like I want to take a brief detour to talk about a movie that I believe is a rec- recommendation of one of our listeners. I've lost the email. I don't remember what your name is, but thank you for pointing me in the direction of Bull. 
Um, it's a Paul Andrew Williams movie from two years ago. The lead actor in it is Neil Maskell, who you, Charity, will remember from Dystopia. Like, okay. uh, he plays, like, basically, you know, the Terminator character in, in that show, where it's just, like, there's... Wait, you mean Utopia? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Excuse yeah, me, Utopia. yeah, Utopia. Yeah, yeah, Yes, yeah. Utopia. Um, he plays like where is the, Jessica Hoy? <laughs> where is Jessica Hoy? Yeah, it's he's very like it's just like he's just this hulking mass that is unathletic but ruthlessly efficient in yeah. his finding and killing of people. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like he gets to sort of do a similar thing here, and the uh, the same sort of alienating like yet you know magnetic sort of thing that he does is put to work in like this very spare gangster British crime drama like this revenge flick it's barely there around Maskell's performance there's there's definitely like other British character actors that you will recognize but like the story is mob enforcer comes back after 10 years and goes on a rampage is like, you know, the over, that's the elevator pitch for the movie. But it's got this sort of dark, like, occultish twist towards the end, which is really just kind of like a convenient way to stitch together a lot of scenes of Neil Maskell just looking really imposing. Mm-hmm. The way I was describing it to <clears throat> another friend of mine, like earlier I was trying to sell this this movie. It was just kind of like, there's this scene where um, like, he's kind of like the wild dog that like nobody can like get a hold of in the crew. But like at one point the boss needs to sit him down and explain to him how things are going to be. Mm-hmm. And to kind of, as a show of force, he brings along what would have ostensibly been the number two henchman. But the number two henchman is shitting himself the entire time. And Neil Maskell's just sitting there drinking a beer. And he does this thing where he, like, in the middle of talking, like, calmly talking or whatever. And you remember this from Utopia, how it can just kind of, like, it's sort of like snow coming off of a bluff before an avalanche. Like, he kind of is in the middle of of talking and then he's kind of commenting on how annoying it is that this other guy is just sitting here and not saying anything. And he makes a motion after he finishes his beer during the conversation as if he were like breaking the mug and then stabbing him in the jugular with it. But he doesn't actually like, he just does it with like the empty beer glass and then sets it down almost as if to say like, it would be that easy. And like, he does stuff like that the whole movie. Like, so yeah, like, uh, like there's a like a lot of it is just the threat of violence that he does so well. Um, like the making grown men cry in this movie is so is so good. <laughs> you said a listener like was it somebody that wrote in? I guess after we talked about Utopia, maybe maybe it was somebody that wrote in after we talked about Utopia or what have you, or maybe we were just talking about you know, formidable one actor performances and like spare set or whatever, where like, I mean, for real, like there's a scene where he catches one of these dudes walking his kids home school, like, and 
Like he never gets out of the car. But the face that he makes while explain like explaining to this man that like, listen, it's just no longer, it's not your day. Your luck has run out. You're about to get in this car. Is like, I thought about like what people must feel like being slowly crushed. Like the, it's like, oh the, God. it is really like that sort of, it's that sort of like yeah. claustrophobic performance where he's like completely grotesque, but you can't stop looking at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, fire recommendation, whoever you were, Bull was, yeah. Bull was a good one. Bull, where's Jessica Hall? Um, I, I actually might have like a one minute, like a 60 second. I'll watch it and report back maybe next episode or a couple episodes from now. Because that actually sounds pretty, that sounds pretty good. But we're here primarily today to address uh, the elephant in the room, the boat in the bay. Uh, this little Yachty album. Like the wide boat in the narrow channel. We are talking about Let's Start Here. Um, the the recently released Yachty album. We we're surprised. About, yeah. It's psychedelic rock. Well, hold on like, a second. Can we can we establish what like you say surprise, but here's the thing. It is documented. It is written on this I podcast mean, that you were but you you were bullish on Lil Yachty around what feels like his okay. turn, right? Mm, like, let's let's say this. Let's say this, all right? Yeah. Let's let's get it right. Okay. The, <laughs> one of the first podcasts that we did together mm-hmm. on the Channel 33 network was about Lil Yachty, in mm-hmm. which you were arguing against the idea of, of, of <laughs> the entire conceptualization. The entire conceptualization of Lil Yachty, and I was saying you know, I was making a he's two years away from being two years away type of argument where it's just kind of like, it's fine that Lil Yachty exists. However many hands are, you know, like on the tools or cooks are in the kitchen or whatever, as long Mm -hmm. as it produces like real genuine moments of wonderment. And like, I mean, it was a harmless thing that was sort of happening. Sure. Like I wasn't really in on the early Yachty stuff, but I, I like the way that like uh, Craig Jenkins put it in his review of this album, where mm-hmm. he was just sort of like Yachty's career is really defined by a type of restlessness because it was after, say, like 2016. You're thinking about, yeah, like yeah. hot '97, like flubbing his way through a freestyle because he's just like I don't take rap seriously at all. Like I'm an artist. I'm not like a rapper type shit. Which of course is going to get the entire internet to turn on you easily. Like, um, then I mean, like he went to Michigan and was like hanging out with, uh, Rio the young OG and, and like, uh, and Sada baby, Louis and baby face Ray and like all these other, and like holding his own there as well. And like having a good time, like it kind of the, sort of run-on sentence punishing baseline deranged black comedy of Detroit rap was like yeah yeah perfect it yeah it's a good for, fit yeah I, but it's can we go can we get to that like can we go back for one second just to what you're saying about that the kind of the earliest sort of turn against Yachty before like that kind of like him going the sort of weirdo Detroit route it's like I guess um, 
I don't think it was just that Yachty was one of those people who was like, I don't even take rap that seriously. I'm just a goofball. I think, like, if I think about Lil Boat, I think about Teenage Emotions. I think for a long time, during the first wave of Lil Yachty hype, he had this annoying quality where, like, he was on the one hand always sort of going for the easiest, lowest common denominator idea, in my opinion. Like, he was a little too cutesy, a little too kitschy, a little too kind of like just leaning into the idea of like, I'm the sort of wholesome, but not really like, you know, how do you do fellow kids rapper? And I feel like those first tapes, I just remember reading reviews of them where it just felt like the writer was 40 years old and being like, yeah, this guy is the future. And not out of any response to the quality of the music, but just in response to the idea of like, I don't know. He seems like he's like a Zoomer icon, kind of. It, it felt like there was no there there, but he was really good at sort of like being a character, having a brand, you know. I, I yeah, don't know. I mean, like the, the, the king of the teens thing. Yeah, that was annoying. That phase, is... the king of the teens shit was just like fake and annoying, to be honest with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... And I mean, like, let's be honest, the first album was not good. Like the yeah. there's the 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 like and there's something to the better songs on the later albums being around the idea that he has nothing to prove. One of those songs literally being titled Nothing to Prove. Like Yeah. Yeah. Um I think that there was kind of needing to exercise the demon of like, you know, you can't rap type of thing that like really like he gets to go and like he like it works so well like i mean uh there's this song that he has called crispy boat with like crispy life kid and the mm -hmm. music video is just the two of them like in an ice cream truck like trading couplets back and forth yeah. and there's just like the the the, the way that it kind of evokes like sort of like the freestyle kind of like Showtime at the Apollo type shit is like very funny. It works yeah. so well. Like where he slides in at one point, he's just about, he goes, shh, he was about to say some shit he don't really mean. Like, it's just very <laughs> fun. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, meanwhile, he was also working with like Kevin Parker, just like hanging out, studying, like bringing his laptop everywhere. <laughs> um, like, and on that same like Hot 97 freestyle video come interview thing with the first album on the horizon, like after those first couple of singles, like No Hook and I forget what even the earlier ones were other than No Hook because No Hook was so good. It's mostly a Quavo song. But anyway, like he's talking about Chris Martin and like Coldplay and Andre 3000 and He's just such a, it was just like, he's a very urban outfitters. I'm not a rapper. I'm an artist <laughs> yeah, type yeah. character at that stage. And yeah. like, and to be honest, like going this psychedelic route with like the wall of sound, I'm doing Tame Impala because Tame Impala doesn't do Tame Impala, like inner speaker Tame Impala anymore thing. Mm hmm is also sort of common, lowest common denominator, because, I mean, like, niggas love Tame Impala. If you can pull it <laughs> off, like... <laughs> seriously, though, I'm not kidding. Like, you no, know you're not right. Yeah, you're not yeah, right. You I, know I know this to I know be true. Yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> um, 
but it works so well. Like, I mean, like the first record, the first song on this record, Black Seminole, it's like this five and a half, seven, the seven minute psych rock freak out, like at the beginning that is like really, really sexy too. Mm -hmm. Um, and it sounds exactly like, uh, it's like arranged a lot. Like it's really, you can see that Yachty would have listened to like, an, like that Eve tumor record and heard kerosene. And he knew it was just like, who does the vocals on that? I'm getting that. Mm-hmm. And then he got Diana Gordon. She does the vocals on black Seminole and I think pretty wherever there's like female vocals on the record doing the wailing ah, thing, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Diana Gordon. <laughs> um, and the thing is that like, yeah, this, the album is just like really well studied, I guess. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Yeah, you know what it is? It's like he, if we can unpack this, because I'm gonna, it's going to be a provocation when I say it, but it's like he kind of pulled the Gambino thing, the Awaken My Love, right? Now, the difference being to me that I think uh, Awaken My Love is like an album that leaves me cold. I say that all the time. I, I, It's like that album's really well done in a lot of ways, but it's also kind of like, well, first of all, like with Glover, right? That album comes out and it's like, you listen to all of Donald Glover's stuff and then you hear Awaken My Love and you're like, wait, what? Like we're doing, you know, we're doing this like funkadelic thing and it's like good, but you're just sort of like, where did this come from? And it's kind of a similar effect here, right? Where it's like, you, I mean, Black Seminole is like, you sort of hear it for the first time and you're like, we're doing a Pink Floyd thing now with be a little yachty. Like what the it fuck really is happening? It really is like, you know? it feels like one of those things that immediately needs to be justified. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and the thing is, yeah, yes. <laughs> it's like, it does feel like one of those things that immediately needs to be justified. And you don't really get an explanation until like three or four songs in. Whenever mm-hmm. that failure record shows up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 
And his speaking voice on that. I don't know why he broke out his white voice on it's failure. So, it's so <laughs> funny. It's actually really but it's like, stupid. <laughs> it's really so funny because it's just like, it makes me think of that one clipped out thing. I think this must have, it might have been something I saw like mindlessly scrolling the explore page and it probably was clipped out from a barstool show. But he was like on a, I think he was on a barstool show, like having mm-hmm. some conversation with, I don't even know who the, what the dude's name is, but mm-hmm. like he was asking him about like, what do you think about eating out? And it was of course, like not about what Yadi answered the question with. Cause he started, he started being like, yeah, I really don't like eating out because like, you know, you know, people don't respect public privacy. <laughs> and he's wearing like, he's wearing a fur trapper hat, like in a, yeah. in like a Hanes tee with all of his jewelry on. It is a ridiculous look. At, it was a ridiculous look at a ridiculous setting and a ridiculous conversation. But he goes, yeah, I just feel like people don't respect public privacy. And the guy's like, what? <laughs> he goes like, yeah, you know, like, because people could just come up to you and like want a picture while you're eating dinner or whatever. And it's like really dumb problems, right? Yeah. But more so than whatever was going on with Awaken My Love, where it's just like I'm pulling from directly from bad brains and like it's Mm -hmm. I want there to be this distinct lineage with Funkadelic is just like Yadi is just like, hey, I wrote some of the most popular pop songs of the last half decade. Maybe I should use some of that on myself. (laughs) And like that is the extent of it. Like it's not really like you know, the, like the self-discovery is that of people who take retreats to do mushrooms. It's just like the drugs aren't really that hard. And like, you know, it's, there's billboards for that now, you know, like there's, it's, and, but like having the spiritual experience that you gain from that become your entire new personality, this album can feel like that. Like, uh, but it falls short of being as annoying as like other sorts of similar turns from like artists like maybe like I, I guess like Wizards has been like rehabilitated at this point mm-hmm. but like testing which we've talked about on this on this podcast before like <laughs> multiple times this podcast yeah like <laughs> it's just like you know I, like whole episodes have been dedicated exactly to at the margin like it's more cohesive than that because it's purer than any of those things it feels well also can i just say just on a last note about the gambino thing to me it's just that like the musically right it's like awake of my love is very effective but gambino it's still this it's man, the, the worst Morrison's thing album well but it's like it's like the virtuoso thing that gambino is always leaning into and so it's like oh this is a funk album by the most humorless person working in music Right. So it's like technically very good, but it's also like, who is the exact opposite of George Clinton and Bootsy Collins temperamentally? Oh, that's the guy who made this great. You know, whereas with Yachty, yeah. I think to your earlier points, it's like, oh, yeah, like Yachty, I, what I have expected for Yachty to make an album that opens sounding like any color you like and ends sounding like Kid A. No, but because Yachty <laughs> can do the thing where it's like, a lot on the one hand, he's making an album that feels very studied, like you said. But on the other hand, it is a very fun loving album. It does feel like it's made by a guy who's sort of like kind of being open hearted and taking a few musical risks 
on here, right? And just doing the head fake in a way that feels like exciting and you want to root for him because it feels like such a crazy move in a lot of ways. And, and so, yeah. Like, yeah, but you also like want to root for him because it's as studied as it is and it's like the second half of this album is so well, it's, it's like yeah. surprisingly well arranged. Yeah. Like, I was like, I texted several people, what the fuck, when I got to Should I Be? <laughs> like, yeah. Should I Be is, like, I, like one of, like, I can't believe how good of a pop song it is. Like, it's, like, it's obvious, it's like, it's a Kevin, like, it's a Kevin Parker joint. Like, but it's, it's like not the sort of, it's the sort of song that Kevin Parker would like to make at this stage of his career where it's just him and the synthesizer. Mm -hmm. But like, it's better than a Kevin Parker song could be for my part. Like, just because of how goofy it is in the, like, in the, and, and like how the kind of leeway he gets for saying shit like, you know, which side's your favorite to sleep on? <laughs> like, it's a very, it's a very, yeah, it's the same thing that we've been talking about. It's just like very fun. And that into the alchemist is a good transition. Like, why do we think, why did he make this album? <laughs> this album is just really good. This album is, yeah, I, like, <laughs> it's, it's like, well, but it's like an album that's almost like, no, I am going to harp on a week in my love one more time. It's sort of like, it was obvious to me why. Gambino made Awake in My Love, right? It felt kind of like this prestige play. It felt consistent with other There's, things going on in his career I, on a meta level. Why did Yachty make this? This is such a... I did not expect this album. There's nothing about this album I anticipated. There's, I mean? It's really like not like where I thought it was going. I guess it's like you could draw... Um, I guess you could like draw a link between this album and like Poland in some respects because it's like really, uh, like it happened before, but like the 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 amount of uh, <laughs> of oolating with the vo with the with the vocal with the vocalizer thing is new for him at that stage, and like you hear the most of it on this record, like, and he needs it in order to have like the steady vocal performances he needs to have with all of these fucking ideas flying around on every song. <laughs> um, but like, I know you remember when Awaken My Love came out that there was just a lot of, I don't know, maybe like it was just like a lot of the, the, the narrative around it was that he walked into Glassnote with a three album idea, you know, before Camp even came out, and Awaken My Love was always in the works. And like, oh, really? Okay. That was like the, you know, that's the mythology around Awaken My Love. Like, this is not out of the, out of nowhere. This is he was always working towards this. This is part of the grand design of him eventually leaving Childish Gambino behind, or blah 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 blah. Um. There's a yeah, there's a lot there was a lot of like this was planned around like the way that the writing was around Awaken My Love and Yeah, this kind of feels like a, just a rush of inspiration that comes from like not even necessarily the same place that he was because he has been wishing that he was from Flint for the last three years. Mm -hmm. So it feels like 
definitely not what he was working towards. It's just like, oh, I'm going to come back with another rap album. But he's just like, he's kind of done that with like the, the, the boat, the little boat albums or whatever are the things that kind of come back and hew closer to what the rest of the industry is doing. So, and it feels retrograde even and like a year when everybody else is putting out dance records um like this album should have came out in 2018 by rights like but yeah i like i really couldn't tell you where it comes from or why or whatever i'm just kind of like glad that should i be is here (laughs) yeah it's you know why i guess the reason i ask it is because it's like this is the kind of album that's so good that it it humbles me a bit and it makes me want to... I'm sitting back and thinking, how does this album retroactively prove that I was an idiot about early career and even mid-career Lil Yachty, right? Like, what was I missing? What was I missing about Yachty during this phase, right? Because, like, that, what was I missing about Yachty such that I didn't think he had this album in him, not only in terms of its influences or whatever, right? But in terms of, I think, honestly, like the level of talent and experimentation on it, right? Like I just didn't, I'm trying to figure out like what in this album was evident to people who were sort of more bullish on him all all along, right? I think it's really that the willingness to look like like a sort of... preternatural willingness to look stupid like yeah. i think that like ha- like to have this sort of like it, mm, come come back doesn't feel entirely right because he's been rich for like a long time yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know has wrote again written songs for like some of the biggest pop, like, I mean, like Gucci Mane and Drake among them. He, like, he was, he has a writing credit on major distribution. Mm-hmm. Like, the best uh, record off of that, you know, Drake and 21 Savage tape. Like, there's, it's like he's capable of all these things, right? It's right. just like, where was he a strong enough presence within the center of all these ideas to make them cohere? Like, into, in a way that makes sense, you know? which I guess eventually would come with age or, you know, this trial and error shit like that he's very willing to participate in. I I don't know. Like, it's just sort of like what you would want from an artist. Yeah. I think. Is he the king of the teens now? Is he like the legit king of the teens and not the pretender? What is Yachty now? What What is Yachty now? I don't even know what to make of him now. I like, honestly, I think that like, he gets to just sort of be Yachty. Like, that's sort of, like, what this album feels like it's sort of about, like, the existence of it, the way that it was announced, and, like, also the latitude he's been carving out for the last six or seven years. Like, I think that this is, like, oh, this is me now. I get to just be me. Because, I mean, can you, like, ably predict what the next Yachty thing will sound like now? Because I can't. No, he's the Riddler now. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I okay. Bonus round question: What do we think about this cover art? I don't like it. <laughs> what the the AI swirl face yeah! thing? Okay, so uh, like, I don't know on. what it has to do with the contents therein, or you know, 
or even I didn't Google who the artist was or what the image is supposed to evoke or whatever or any of those other things. But like as a cool thing on top of like a good body of work, it makes sense. That, you know what I mean? Like if you're walking like in a, in a if, you're, if you go into the comic book store. Mm hmm. You know that like after you get what you came for, there's one or two more things that you're going to pick up just because the cover looks cool. Mm -hmm. Must mean that it's competently made. When the cover is cool and it's competently made, you so, know, yeah. I can't really argue <laughs> against that. I, but like it's, but it's, you know, I like the, the, the AI art face swirl thing. Yeah. Is a little whatever. But I think it's more having to maybe if you are getting paid to write a to, to teach a course on this sort of thing, it would have to do with Yachty's overall ethos of collision being enough. Cause that's, you know, like what AI art is all about. Wow. That you just put like three theses out there. We gotta get you like an adjunct position at fucking Stanford or some shit. That was beautiful. Um <laughs> I don't know if I have anything else. I just, I, this album is good. Listen to this. Let's start here. Lil Yachty. I feel, I'm like fucking, it, it's 2023 and I'm out here effusive about Lil Yachty projects. Like if you went back to 2016 and told me this shit, I would be so mad. I would be so upset. <laughs> it's a new day, brother. It's a new you day, know? brother. It's a new day, brother. Um, um, is there anything else? Anything else we want to talk about? recommend to anybody well well i do have one more thing this is this is another this is another gorilla football segment so uh as you know we did talk about welcome to rexham here on this podcast it was a very good sports documentary like a very well-made one you know regardless of the kind of self-flagellation that ryan reynolds and rob McElhaney could not abstain from uh in multiple episodes of the show Rexham is still a good, a really a feel good story. And they're going pretty deep in uh, England's league, like the FA Cup, uh, uh, which is England's premier cup competition. Very storied. Maybe has lost a little bit of its luster over the last, you know, 20 years or so, the obsession of the Premier League uh, as like, you know, a global brand, globally branded force. But like, you know, it still means something if you fucking win it. It's really like one of the few opportunities where um, like non-league sides like Wrexham could play against teams in the Premier League if they make it deep into the competition. So um, they've been beating teams like two and three divisions above them. Uh, they are in a replay now with uh, Sheffield United. It was like, so they went to Coventry, which uh, is a league one side, I want to say. Are they a championship side or league one side? Somebody's going to kill me if they're a Coventry fan. They're listening to this. I'm sorry. I don't mean to displace you in the, in the pyramid of football. But anyway, they beat Coventry and they moved into the next round, like the last 16, and they are currently playing against Sheffield United. Uh, one of the teams that is like basically tipped to return to the Premier League soon. Like, uh, so that means like they're really, they're, they're just about Premier League quality. Uh, like the best 
team, definitely, that Wrexham has played against thus far. And it was really exciting. It was a 3-3 thriller. Like, there's, like, it was an absolute shithouse fest. Like, I mean, barely soccer at some points, but they have, like, this crazy ability of dragging their competition down to their level of play and then just, like, beating them with experience. <laughs> so they almost they almost scrapped it out of there with, like, a 3-2 win, but uh, Sheffield tied it up 3-3. So they're headed to um, a replay because, basically, if you tie the first in the first meeting in the game, you have to play a second leg before you can move on to the next round. Um, but it's not, like on aggregate it's just whoever wins wins it's mm-hmm. uh, like the champions league but anyway like yeah Wrexham is they're, they're doing bits man pulling up trees and whatnot <laughs> thank you thank you for this update on Wrexham um that I think is all we got this week yeah that's uh, all we got this week um and on that note listeners by all means email us sound only pod at gmail.com. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Michael Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>